Welcome to the Ramble Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Primus, father, entrepreneur, filmmaker, athlete, hopeful writer, and dedicated wanderer. I'm curious to learn more about how people live their lives, their struggles, and passions, and pains. So every week, with athletes, entrepreneurs, healers, adventurers, and beyond, I'm going to have unbound and uncensored long-form conversations about people, places, pursuits, and performance. Enjoy. I was a runner. So walking was always a bit of a uh, a bit of a thing for me, you know. I uh, I just didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. I had no appreciation for it. It almost felt like not trying, <laughs> if you will. And recently, as recent as last year, I had I mean, there was a really change of heart on walking, and started tapping into myriad positive effects of this very simple simple thing to do the simple thing to do that we can that we can do you know during our meetings we can do after dinner we can do you know we do when we're we're traveling and visiting small towns in Europe you know often a lot more than we do here and but also something that that is probably forgotten, you know, when we take elevators and escalators and we, you know, we sit in our chairs and we have meetings around, you know, long tables. And then there's this other side to walking where not only is it great, you know, for your digestion and a little bit of clarity of mind, but it can be life-changing. And sometimes that can happen by walking very, very, very far. And I had some experiences with that, and that's why I wanted to write this blog called Walking. So let's get started. This wasn't my first time with big toenails where they were black and blue. In a month or so, they would fall off. My mud-caked boots, wool socks, hiking poles, and water bottle were ceaselessly scattered on the rocky earth below my feet as I continued to inspect my feet. Momentarily, I imagined a pediatrician grimacing in sheer disgust at the smell and state of the feet before them. Pale, crinkled, cracked, torn skin, blackened toenails. Some 50 hours, 15 peaks, and thousands of meters of elevation gained and lost in just five days was what caused my feet to look the way they did. Surprisingly, they didn't feel all that bad. A few days ago, they certainly did hurt, accompanied by a constant tingle of lower back pain and what seemed to be a stress reaction in my femur. I amused at the realization that all those ailments were now gone. Where did they go? I'd only kicked my own ass harder and harder through more arduous climbs as the days went on, so logic would suggest that those pains might continue. They would, but not while I was walking in the mountains. Only a few days after I'd returned home, with the familiar malice set back in. What happened on the mountain then? Why on this last summit did I feel an unbending and indescribable human capacity to do just about anything? Is this what happens when you walk great distances? Let's wander back to the beginning of the trek. When it was 4 a.m. and despite it still being summer, the glimmer of northern dawn held only a brisk six degrees above centigrade. 
This temperature would later rise to over 30 without a cloud in the sky or an alpine tree to hide oneself from the sun's increasingly intense glare due to the thinning of the atmosphere at that altitude. During these few, first few days, my mind raced with thoughts of what I had not done at work before stepping out of cellular range. My own inner realm of darkness also sucked me in with thoughts of pain in my feet, lower back, and legs. Could I continue? Would I do irreversible damage if I kept going? Fear of grizzly bears teased the edges of my psyche and the desire to cut the trek short and just return to my desk chair somehow seemed the better bargain. Some degree of maturity, I suspect, has made me aware that when I'm about to release all of these negative thoughts through meditation or a vacation, they vehemently cling to survival like parasites. These are the moments in life when we learn the most about ourselves. Will I give in to the thoughts and spiral into the sad abyss of woe is me? Will I hear them out and then send them on their way? It always seems to be a constant back and forth. Taking long, uncomfortable walks in the woods, I'd learned, was one of the very best ways to transcend the dark side of my mind while rejuvenating my soul and enlivening my body. So on this particular trek, I was out here not just to see the grandeur of the mountains, not just to physically challenge myself, but to deliberately face my incessant, incessant thoughts and overcome the doubts, fears, and negativity that I knew would arise. My insight on the benefits of walking is not a new one. Its importance is even woven through literature and history. Odysseus was told by the prophet Tersias, if I said both those names right, to walk with an oar until he was so far from the sea that someone would not recognize what he was carrying. Only there would his odyssey be over. The poets, Arthur Rimbaud and William Woodworth were great walkers. Philosophers such as Michael de Montaigne and Friedrich Nietzsche saw it as a fundamental part of their lives. Mahatma Gandhi incorporated walking into his protests, as did U.S. civil rights activists. Research tells us walking helps with digestion, weight loss, mental clarity, and mood. Even still, something greater occurs during long walks. This is what I realized while observing and smirking at the absurdity of the state of my feet atop the steep rock-covered summit of my recent trek. I was surrounded by endless mountain ranges and rocky peaks. Looking up from the road where the trailhead, from halfway up, they all seemed distant and indomitable. From where trails ended and bushwhacking through Deadfall and Devil's Club began, they seemed impassable. And on the precipice, when all that held my balance from a long tumble to death was my trust in a few mossy rocks or some scree, I felt misplaced to be up there at all. A moment from when I was 19 years old and hitchhiking across Canada came to my mind. Often I'd walk long distances between rides, making my way on foot out of the Rocky Mountains, on the lonely and often too narrow shoulder of Highway Number 1 and into the rolling foothills. I felt my insignificance contrasted against the vastness of creation. Yet somehow, there I was walking onward, and again here, on the 15th summit in five days, both in awe of the incongruity of my own presence amid such surroundings, and conversely, my human ability to engage with it and prevail. Walking far in one direction, especially up mountains, compares to almost no other experience when showing us how capable we are physically and mentally. Instead of walking, 
we now too commonly drive and cover vast distances in a fraction of the time. Instead of muscle and sinew power, we can employ fossil fuels to our forward motion. Why walk? While hitchhiking, I recall, like the old tortoise and hare story, walking past morning rush hour traffic into the city limits of Calgary. Ultimately, cars would overtake me. But for 45 minutes, it was me and my backpack in motion as drivers sat trapped in their stationary metal cartons. There is a human will to move. We move through life and life moves through us. Curiosity is embedded into the fabric of our being. What's over that hill? What's around that corner? To pursue, ask questions and pursue the answer. Can I? Is it possible? Isn't the desire to see what's on the other side one of the points of being alive at all. And much like bushwhacking up a mountain or trekking through alpine passes where there are no trails, you create your own routes. When you create your own routes, you find your own destinations, places that call to your soul. When you keep putting one foot in front of the other, life opens up in front of you. Forget black toenails, blisters, and sprained ankles. There will always be something to slow you down or stop you. Rest when you need to rest. Be still when you need to be still. But otherwise, you don't have a choice. Keep going. You earn the view by continuing to walk forward. To walk your own way and to find your own peaks and valleys is not faster, but it leads you exactly where you need to go. It took me the better part of two days of hiking before my mind settled down. I was in the thickest of brush when it finally happened. A well-trodden animal trail up the mountain appeared before me, and a stream emerged out of the ground to provide fresh drinking water. My trekking partner and I had seen a buck and a doe. A large bull moose let us watch him from 50 meters distance for what seemed like eternity. My body had adapted to constant motion. No longer was I atrophying in my well-worn desk chair. The medicine of walking and nature had become a sacred salve that healed me. No longer was I blindly eating carbs to satiate my boredom or faux hunger pains, but instead, despite all-day exertion, only eating lightly what my body needed. As I walked farther into the wilderness, I started to feel more alive, like something deeper in me was waking up. I'd become part of it now, part of the creation. Of course, I always was, but it was no longer numb or dormant. If the animals could trek these mountains for hundreds of miles, so could I. The motion and the miracle of nature had entranced me into feeling, feeling of timelessness in which wonder, not worry, about the mystery and magnificence of creation was the mind's muse. Those moments in the hills, I had finally wholly relinquished all thoughts about productivity or advancement. Instead, I was utterly receptive to the beauty and aliveness of it all and myself part of it, which seemed more useful than anything I busied myself with in the weeks and months prior, as if walking far and long in nature was developing my capabilities physically, mentally, spiritually for no specific goal, if there was a goal, then it was that of being alive and pursuing curiosity, powered by the innate human capacity to seek, discover, and do. Well, there you have it. I really connect with this, reading it again, and I hope you do too. 
I really like to think about the simplicity of things, as I've mentioned on these on these uh, pod blogs before. Motorcycle riding, exercise, gardening. You know, uh, an espresso in the morning without <laughs> without your phone in front of you. Just getting back to the simpl- simplest essence as the most joyful present, meaningful things that I can do. And, you know, that bring me life, bring me inspiration, bring me health. And walking is, you know, obviously one of those. I haven't been as disciplined as I would like to be this year. My normal uh, annual trip into the mountains in the summer was canceled due to a couple of weddings. And I was devastated to to miss that. But why this is a good reminder for me is because I am going into the woods, not on a long hike, but for for seven days this fall. And I already foresee the mental anguish of having to leave Wi-Fi, you know, be out of touch, out of reach for seven full days. And knowing what that experience is like, both to have that angst and then for that angst to dissolve to dissipate into this, this nothingness really where you start to feel clear. Oh, you feel so clear. So, so clear when that phone is away, when there isn't this out of the corner of your eye, constant looking at that little device and what beeps and dings and zings and whatever sounds vibrates, it makes, you know, constantly drawing your attention to it knowing nobody can reach you, you know, it gets there. And then at the end of it, um, <laughs> you know, the last day or so when you're coming, before you come back online, that, that angst and anxiety certainly wells back up. At least it does for me. And I'm working very, very hard on it. And, and these, these trips into the wilderness and walking are, are ways that I, I undo that. I try not to walk with my phone when I walk the dog. And as I've said, I, you know, I've recently switched to a dumb phone and um, I'm really trying to limit my reliance, uh, no, my addiction on technology. We're always going to be reliant on it and to see what comes of that. I just, as much as I can, want to live as naturally as I can without being a Luddite, without you know alienating myself from society in some monastic kind of hermetic way. I it's not what I'm interested. In. I love, I love the different aspects of connection that we get through technology. But just to close on the walking part, you know, I've always said to people who are, you know, they ask me about losing weight, maybe, or getting in shape, maybe, or being creative. And, and walking is always my answer to one of those things. I always say, if you are in the, you know, are you trying to get into certain kind of physical shape and maybe you're working out at the gym a lot, or maybe you're, you're also running a little bit or hiking a little bit. I always recommend at the end of every day or the beginning to do a long walk as an add-on, not an instead of, and you, the, the effects, the healing effects, the recovery effects of getting the blood flowing again in a low impact way are innumerable and fantastic. The digestive effects, as I mentioned in the blog, after you've eaten, they help 
you know, you reach your goals. They help you have better bowel movements. They help you process that shit that you maybe ate. I mean, and if it wasn't shit, that's fine too, but it just helps you digest those, those things. If you're looking for a little bit added endurance time on the feet, it helps with that as well. Getting your, your joints and, and your muscles acclimated better to just in terms of basic use, it augments everything that you do. So that's the simple takeaway of this one, friends, is walk. Walk as much as you can, as often as you can, alongside everything else that you do. As always, thanks so much for listening to The Ramble. No, there is a lot of podcasts out there, so we thank you for choosing to listen all the way through on this one. You know, we want to be part of the, the solution, the, the good questions, the things that move you and inspire you and make you want to connect deeper with yourself and others and all that great stuff. So if the spirit does move you, subscribe, share, post, anything. We'd be forever grateful. And if you have any comments or feedback, good, bad, ugly, it doesn't matter. We're here to listen. Guests you think we should have on. Of course, send them along. Thank you. And until next time, peace.